Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I love this country. I always am deeply thankful for being an American, especially as we're heading now into the July 4th weekend and so many people traveling, so many people with families, so many appreciating who we are as Americans and the values of Americans. It is the greatest country in the world. You guys all know that my father was a POW rescued by American troops, so I love this country, and I also deeply appreciate what America means to the world. And that's why when I saw this new poll today, my heart just sank. And I want to get your thoughts tonight as to why you think so many Americans are disappointed with this country and feel that we are not headed in the right direction. Who do you blame? What do you blame? How much of this is Joe Biden? I think a huge part of it. Obviously, the ultra left of his party is a huge part of it. I mean, I think about uh, all their crazy wokeness and all the issues that are happening with the economy and border. You think of uh, gas, inflation, crime. I mean, there are so many reasons why America has just been a mess of late. And a lot of it started with Joe Biden's presidency. And he seems to be like that uh, famous river in Egypt. Denial, denial, denial. He is still not admitting that anything he has done has played a role in sort of the decline of America. In fact, he was just in Madrid the other day, of course, with a lot of world leaders. And when he was asked... What do you make of the gas prices? When can Americans get some relief? When are we going to have some hope in sight, especially as we're heading now into the July 4th weekend? So many people traveling, and it's really killing everybody, these high inflation prices, and especially when you go to the gas station. And I couldn't believe that he won't even give an inch. Everything is tied to Russia. Take a listen to this exchange, because so much, I think, is not just what's happening with the economy and the frustration that we all feel each and every day. It's the fact that we have a president who is so out of touch and he is so clueless. Take a listen to what he actually said at the news conference. The reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia not allowing grain to get out of Ukraine. He is so out of touch because even his own Federal Reserve chair, Jerome Powell, when he was testifying the other day, they said, you know, didn't inflation 
start a lot earlier than the war by Russia on Ukraine. And even he admitted, yeah, it was so escalatory well beyond that. It started well before that, starting with basically Joe Biden's presidency. That's his own Federal Reserve chair. That's his, you know, financial expert. So he clearly admits that this wasn't all Russia, Russia, Russia. But boy, has Joe Biden tried to find a scapegoat. And I think that that seems to be par for the course on everything Joe Biden does. He blames everybody else but himself, doesn't want to blame the Democrats. Everything is Trump, 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 Trump. And if he could blame gas prices on President Trump, believe me, he would. Except he is using now Russia, Russia, Russia. And people are just going, are you kidding me? So the sentiment in America right now And I feel it, too, because I feel so kind of disheartened. You know, you walk out of the streets of this great country, whether it's in, you know, Nashville or whether it's in Pennsylvania or whether it's in Georgia or the Carolinas or L.A. or Seattle, New York, you name it. You walk outside and you kind of you see the homeless people, you smell the drugs, you just see the deterioration of the quality of life. You see people that feel dispirited, that feel frustrated. You hear people saying, well. Maybe I'm not going to go on that vacation this year. Maybe I'm going to cut down on, you know, doing certain tasks or traveling or buying a gift or buying a car or certainly buying a home right now. Who's thinking of buying a home right now where mortgage rates are going through the roof? I mean, everybody is just kind of scratching their heads. And I think a huge portion of it is the fact that the leadership has just been a disaster. And there's no way to avoid it. If you have dead weight in the leadership. The guy is so lackluster, doesn't seem to have a plan on anything. And when he's asked, hey, what is the plan? It's not really any plan. He has no plan. And so you sort of see no end in sight. And that's why when I looked right now at the latest poll, this is one that came out from Fox News. It was basically asking, are you proud of America, of the country today? And how sad is this? that just 39% of registered voters, and that included Republicans, Independents, and Democrats, said yes, only 39%. So that means a huge portion are not proud of this country and the direction that this country's in. Of course, I'm always proud of America, but they feel embarrassed at the direction that this country is headed. And that is down, by the way, 12 points from June 2017, that was the last time that this question was asked. And when it was asked in 2011, it was 30 points higher. So how sad is that, that in not that long a period of time, the sentiment about America and the values that we all hold near and dear and loving where this country's headed and loving these aspects has gone downhill tremendously. And a lot of it is also Republicans. Uh, independents, and nearly half of Democrats also say they're dissatisfied. So Democrats are in there, too, but Republicans and independents in particular are looking at the leadership in this country and saying that they are extraordinarily disappointed and frustrated. And I agree. I think that that is a big reason that Americans are just feeling with all this woke attitude that's been added, with all the different policies, with the double standards, with the fact that, you know, it seems like the Democrats are so focused on January 6th and nobody's focused, at least on the White House, on the economy. It's all these sort of liberal policies as opposed to economic policies that are going to turn America around. And to me, 
that is shameful. The number to call here on the Rita Cosby Show is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Are you proud of this country now? Are you proud of the direction the country is headed in? And if you're not, who and what do you blame it on? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Well, Nikki Haley, of course, former U.N. ambassador under President Trump, had this to say about why she thinks the sentiment in America is dropping. A look at the fact that when they go to the gas station, they're having to pay more, and that's how they get to work. When they go to the grocery store, they're having to pay more, and that's how they feed their families. The average American family is paying $6,000 more this year than they were last year. And I can tell you, when Michael and I were raising our small kids, if we had to pay that, the place we got that from was a credit card. And interest rates are going up. So a lot of American families are feeling that. But this national self-loathing that is happening across this country is extremely harmful. And we've got to go back to remember who we are, what we are, and why this matters. And Biden has stomped all over it, but that's the reason we're fighting to make sure we turn the tide, why we're fighting to make sure we fix this, because we want people to be proud of our country again. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I'm still proud to be an American because of what America represents to the world. But boy, it is disheartening and it's embarrassing when you hear that you have a president who goes overseas, can't keep his story straight. Half the time it's like open foot, you know, uh, into your mouth, Uh, you know, put your foot in your mouth. There's so many trips and so many like verbal gaffes. And half the time you don't know who is really leading in the White House. Is it Susan Rice, is it uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the new White House press secretary? It certainly doesn't seem like it's Joe Biden. And so the leader feels rudderless, I guess. You don't feel like there's any plan. You don't see like there's any end in sight. And that makes me really sad because you would like to be able to say, gosh, we know where we're going. We're the best. And we have a clear focus and the world is looking at us to lead. And right now, I don't know if anybody's sadly looking at Joe Biden and this administration to lead. They're looking at uh, how can they get away from this administration. Take a listen. Here is Joey Jones, uh, a very severely injured veteran who always is often hosting there on The Five on Fox News. And this is what he had to say because, of course, he certainly knows what service to America means firsthand. When we talk about being disappointed in this country, I think it's cultural. I think the left looks at our country and they see our prosperity as a symbol of oppression, centuries of oppression. They see the rejection of CRT or the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade, and they say we're still under the thumb. It's the, it's the, the midwives' tale or whatever that's called. The right looks at woke the culture. Whatever, I, I'm sorry. Right. I just, I, it's not. Yeah. The, the right looks at CRT. They look at woke culture, and they see the decay of what makes this country great to them. And to an extent, they're kind of both right. Not that I believe that something, uh, something like uh, what the, the left talks about is oppression, but there was before the societal expectation of just presenting yourself and speaking respectfully and making a point without having to glue yourself to something. And, and the right sees the decay of that as losing what makes us great. So both sides, especially through our political representatives that play into this, see us in a really bad place. Yeah, and they are just going... What's going on with this country that, boy, was it very different under President Trump? Think about what it was like under Trump, under Reagan, 
under a number of presidents who were very much America first and foremost, and let the world know that. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Elena on line seven. Elena, your thoughts about this poll and the fact that less people are saying they are proud of their country, which saddens me, Elena. Good evening, Rita. I want to cheer you up. Oh, good. Thank you. I could use it. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I have to tell you, I am proud of this country. And I want to share that I'm also proud of my town, Teaneck, in New Jersey. Because driving around, I always have an American flag outside. I also have my Ukrainian flag. There are two little flags out there and one big American flag. Love that. Yeah. But I have to tell you. That driving around Teaneck, especially around my area, Holy Name Hospital, I see a lot of American flags for Fourth of July. And that makes me very happy and very proud of Teaneck. That is beautiful. And by the way, I never get tired of seeing tons of American flags outside of people's homes and outside of public buildings. And, uh, and in fact, by the way, Elena, uh, later on in the show, I'm going to talk about the fact that Megan Rapinoe, the soccer star who uh, didn't want to stand for the national anthem, is now getting the Medal of Freedom. And I want to get everybody's take on that because, to me, I get, I get emotional every time I hear the anthem. I get emotional every time I see the American flag. And why, why do you think it is? What, what makes Teaneck? Do you feel that Teaneck is different than other places, or, or why do you think it exists there? Well, I I will say, first of all, that I work the polls, the voting polls, and there's a lot of very conscientious voters in Teaneck. So I have to say that we have conscientious citizens, and this is just showing that they're wise, that they put their priorities in the right place, America, and then your local town, your local county, and your local home. And that's probably a pretty good sequence. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that that's actually a really, really great sequence. By the way, have a beautiful, beautiful Fourth of July. We always love hearing from you. Uh, let's go to Alex in California, Line 8. Alex, your thoughts about this poll and people saying they're not as proud of this country, which is sad. Thank you for taking my call. I believe one of the reasons that uh, a significant number of Americans are no longer proud of this country is because the basic character of the country has been changed by excessive em- immigration. In about 20 more years, the United States will no longer be a Western country. Out here in California, most people do not identify the Western culture anymore. So if you're, if you're thinking of joining the military and, and defending this country, you should first go out into the big cities and look at all the people that are there from the different backgrounds and ask yourself, whether some of these non-Western behaviors is something you're willing to die in the battlefield to defend. And as for me, I would not do so. What, what do you see as the non-Western behavior? Because that's an important point to make. And by the way, um, well, we're also going to play later on in the show, Alex. Oh, go, go ahead, Alex. Okay. Quite recently, they established a law establishing a quota for different ethnic and racial groups on the board of directors of companies based in California. That doesn't. That's not the kind of behavior I would expect in a Western country. No, you're right. You're right. And and in fact, um, as I was going to mention, and Alex, thank you very much for the call. 
Um, we did a podcast, by the way, that we do once a week. It's called Protecting America. And later on in the show, I talked literally about that topic, about how the military has just gone so woke, the criteria that are in the military, um, some of the left-leaning policies that hurt our readiness. And speaking of sort of how you were saying people in California don't necessarily recognize, uh, you know, what's going on in their own state and feel like it's not a Western values, that's what's happening indicative in our U.S. military as well, where many people don't want to join the military these days because they're seeing some of these agendas and these policy items coming from people like Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, and they're saying, what does that have to do with being a great fighting force, which really is what the military is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be the ones with quotas and the ones that are uh, politically correct. I want the best ones who can uh, blow the enemy away. That's all you need with the military. You don't need all this other stuff. And this nonsense is bogging people down, and it's driving people away. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. You've heard all these different thoughts. I love all your calls. Why do you think people are losing pride in this country. I'm still extremely proud of this country. I love this country. Again, I always talk about how emotional I get whenever I see the flag or I see the anthem or I hear anything patriotic. Um, Fourth of July, I love. But I also am very disheartened that people feel frustrated and they're concerned where this country is headed. And one word, I think, is to blame, Biden. 1-800-848-9222. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Cosby Show, we are talking about a new poll that says pride in this country is down 12 points since 2017 and 30 points since 2011, that only 39% when they're asked, are you proud of this country, say yes. And that includes a lot of Republicans, independents, and even half of the Democrats feel dissatisfied with America and the direction it's headed in. And one reason could be as I said, a very waffly leadership. Uh, take a listen to what Joe Biden said in Madrid just recently when they were asking him at a news conference, how long do we have to deal with inflation? How long do we have to deal with these high oil and gas prices? And listen to his answer. The war has pushed prices up. They could go as high as $200 a barrel, some analysts think. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes, so Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. This is a critical, critical position for the world. Uh, As long as it takes. Does that sound like any end is in sight? Does it sound like he has any sort of plan? The answer is no and no. Let's go to your calls, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line two. Norm, your thoughts about all this, my friend. Yeah, Rita. Yeah, I, listen, I'm proud to be an American, it, but it is challenging when you have a president and administration who says it's not a good country unless America changes. 
And I blame this decreasing love of America on the incessant negative propaganda from the mainstream American, and as Rush used to say, the drive-by media. And uh, those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree because, you know, I think about also, by the way, and when I hear the not proud to be American, it makes me think of Michelle Obama. Remember Michelle Obama who said, I'm finally proud of this country. Remember when her and her husband uh, finally made it to the White House, like they weren't proud prior to that moment. And to me, you should always be proud of your country, but I think it's also disenchanting. I think people see a lot of these leftist policies that we've talked about, Norm, and they see an administration that is just bowing to green energy, bowing to leftist policies, no plan to fix things, and seems out of touch. And I think that combination. Uh, Norm, thanks so much. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, Line 8. Go ahead, Dom, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. Thanks for taking our call. You know, I immigrated to this country 38 years ago, and I did a lot of research before coming here because the country I immigrated from was corrupt, politically speaking. And we had an emergency, and I said, well, okay, I got to give my kids a chance at a better life. Where did and you come from, Dom? Where did you come India. from again? The other biggest democracy in the world, India. Yep, okay, great. Yeah. So here's what happened. I used to go every day after work to the American embassy, try to absorb everything I could about this culture. And when I came here, I know I was like, you know, I was like a pretty, you know, timid person. And I got extended the hand of friendship by so many people, strangers. And that is when I realized, well, I've come to the right place. Wow, Dom, thank you very much. Dom, what a beautiful message. And you're right, it is the land of opportunity, the greatest country. We're going to continue talking about this after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, which I love doing every night where we get to shine a great light on law enforcement and their families, a powerful story coming from Delray Beach, Florida, where Catherine Albera has a long history of serving. And she has ties all up and down the East Coast because the 99-year-old holds the honor of being the longest living retired NYPD officer in the country. What's more, Albera was one of the first two sworn female police officers in the NYPD. Last month, her contributions were recognized by cops from her local police department in Florida. Officers surprised her at her home with a birthday party and gave her Delray Police Department patches and challenge coins. Albera shared stories and pictures of her past, including a photo of her NYPD swearing-in ceremony and also her service as a Marine in World War II. What an amazing woman. Albera served for 20 years in the NYPD before retiring. And get this, her legacy continues. Albera says that her husband, five of her sons, and one grandson also went on to become NYPD officers. Bravo to her and her amazing family that certainly knows the message of service. And we are talking about, of course, as we're just right around the corner now from 4th of July, this new poll 
which shows that pride in America is down and that a large percentage of people just feel very disenchanted with the direction that this country's headed and what we are representing now to the world. This is what Nikki Haley, former U.S. ambassador under President Trump, had to say as part of the reason that she thinks Americans just feel frustrated right now. We're all over the country um, supporting candidates. And the number one issue that we hear from families is definitely the inflation and the economy. The second is border. Um, the third is crime. And the fourth is education. And actually, abortion and guns come after that. People don't have the luxury of politics right now. All they want is to see people fighting for them, and they want to see people getting to work for them. And that's why we have to remember that when we talk about winning the majority of the House and the Senate, 50 percent of our issue is making sure that we win the majorities. The more important 50% that we have to focus on is proving we deserve to be there when we win, getting to work right away, making sure we're showing solutions, making sure we're getting results for American families. That's how you'll improve the morale of America. That's how you'll strengthen the spine of America. Yeah, and think about it. Right now, voting and changing the direction of this country is key. Think about it because November is right around the corner. And that could change a lot of things in the direction of this country in the time that they're focused on silly things like the January 6th hearing that I think have been just one big mess and a lot of other things where the Democrats are spending their time on this woke agenda. Just think if there were blocks, if there were Republicans, if there was more balance at least, uh, so at least it would be at least a two-party system as opposed to a Democratic steamrolling system, which is basically what it has been over the last year and a half so far. And I also, by the way, I do big podcasts, as many of you know, called Protecting America because I love this great country. And my new guest on my latest episode, which we just posted today, so you got to take a look at it, wherever you listen to podcasts, Check it out. You can also go onto my Twitter feed, at Rita Cosby. You'll see it on there. Uh, but wherever you get podcasts, make sure that you download it. It's called Protecting America. And my new conversation this week was with Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb, who is with Restore Liberty and also a 28-year Army veteran. Really powerful discussion because he said it is pivotal for America to have a leadership role and he feels that this president has been so lackluster that it has hurt American morale, hurt American image around the world, and that it is pivotal for America to have it standing, not just for our country, but really to guide the world. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of an excerpt of our conversation. Again, an amazing podcast episode we just put up. And here's a little sample, and you've got to download the whole thing. It will make you really proud, and it's also a very insightful conversation from a great military hero. But take a listen to this episode. Here's a little clip with myself and Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb. How important is the role of America being that beacon and being the leadership? Because you're right, there are still so many countries around the world. Ukraine is one example, but many other places, too, where America and American leadership is key. The best example I can give you is some emails I've received uh, into our Restore Liberty site, which are people from places like Brazil, like Ukraine, other places in Eastern Europe, and other places I've served, where those people quite clearly tell us, we are watching you in America, and if you fail there, the world fails. So no matter what, we have to maintain the focus on service, 
to focus on fighting for freedom and liberty in order for us to be that beacon of hope. There are so many people in America who want to be that beacon of hope and fight for this nation. And we've got to make sure that we do so. It's important. Like your podcast says, you know, we've got to be there to protect America from those who would seek to destroy us. And yet, when this administration is asked sort of, you know, what's ahead for us? What's the goal? What's the mission? Uh, why are we fighting, you know, overseas? All these different questions, right? Why are we supplying weaponry uh, to Ukraine? Anything that has to do with sort of our role in the world. And by the way, as you know, I think it's important that we protect Ukraine. But listen to the answer that we get. This is from Brian Dees, one of the big advisors for President Biden. And listen to the choice of phrases, because this verbiage is getting tons of attention from people saying this is not what America wants to be. Take a listen to what he said. Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Did you ask for the liberal world order? What does that mean? And boy, is that disconcerting, because what does that have to do with defending Ukraine? What does that have to do with trying to bring down our gas prices? What does that have to do with inflation? I I mean, no one out there is saying, yeah, gosh, I can't wait to keep the liberal world order. Maybe AOC is and Biden is, but I certainly am not. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pamela on line five from New Jersey. Pamela, your thoughts. Yeah, we're we're all depressed this weekend because when you have abusive parents, the children will live down to their expectations. And uh, America is going in a very bad direction and we're not happy campers. Yeah, you know, and that saddens me, Pamela. I feel the same way. I just feel disenchanted. I'm still, of course, love this country. I'm still always proud to be an American. I still think it's the greatest country in the world. It's definitely not perfect. But I also really appreciate what it means to be an American. And I wanted to do extremely well, no matter who's in office. And right now, this president has just been a disaster And he doesn't seem to be having American interests at heart. I mean, the way he's been handling crime, the way he's been handling border, the way he's been handling inflation, uh, even just the way he pulled out of Afghanistan, the way he's been handling Ukraine. I mean, there's so many issues that it goes on and on and on. And it's baffling to me for someone who is supposed to be representing the United States of America, and yet his interests do not seem to be working towards advancing America first. In many ways, it seems like America last. And that saddens me, Pamela. Yeah, well, how will we greet it this morning? We were greeted by his saying, oh, well, we have to worry this weekend about those Trumpsters still worrying about 2020, you know, those domestic terrorists. That's how we were, were greeted on the morning of the weekend of our nation's birthday. Yeah, imagine shameful. a parent doing that to a child. It, 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 imagine a parent constantly browbeating a child, and what will happen to that child? 
No, no doubt. You you are absolutely right because, uh, and that's what I feel like it. You're right. It sort of brings down the morale. It dispirits people, and that is. It's just embarrassing, and it's outraging, and I think it's it's it, it's inexplicable too for somebody who is supposed to be the biggest cheerleader of America and the biggest cheerleader for all Americans, not just the ones that he wants to have supporting him. And you're right, it seems like every turn, every time we turn, it's Trump, 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 or Russia, Russia, Russia. It's like those are the only two words he seems to know. Uh, Pamela, thank you very, very much. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Robert, your thoughts about all of this. What do you think is the reason for this decline in pride in America? Always good to talk to you, Rita. And I think I have something that will make you feel a little better, okay? Oh, good. I'll take First it, Robert. All, <laughs> I'm enormously proud, and I know that I love this country and know that it's worth fighting for, and that includes against the people who want to impose their liberal world order. Okay, we're ready. Uh, as far as the poll goes, Democrat response is dictated by a baser innate hatred of the things that make America great. That will never change until they have their liberal world order. As for the Republicans and a lot of the independents, we see it as America's great, the leadership's terrible, and one or two fair elections, and we can fix the problem. And the um, pride in America on the right will go back to where it always is. Okay, This is a snapshot, and I wouldn't put too much into it because it's strictly politically generated, and it will be fixed. The socialist bastards that are trying to destroy this country will be crushed at the ballot box over the next two elections. I can promise you that. And you have yourself a great weekend and enjoy this birthday of the greatest country the world has ever seen. You know, you take I care love of that. Robert, I love your patriotic spirit. Thank you very much. You have a beautiful weekend, too, my friend. I love that. Let's go to Wilfred, uh, line three. Wilfred, your thoughts about all this? Oh, my thoughts is that they're trying to keep everybody, uh, Americans, separated by not, not calling you Americans. And the average American doesn't think of themselves as American as much as they think of whatever their history was in their family. Like, now, and, why, why do you, and let me ask you, Wilfred, why do you think that is? Because we're all Americans. And to me, um, you know, I don't when I think of America, I think of everybody together, standing in focus. I mean... And, and what we mean to the world. And, and I think about, you know, even after 9-11, obviously 9-11 was horrible. It was atrocious what happened to this country. But one thing, if there was any sort of silver lining, was I think about after President Bush gave that famous speech um, and said, you know, the, the world's going to hear us soon, you know, hear them soon, you know, when we go into Afghanistan, basically. And sure enough, they did, because remember, they went into Afghanistan almost immediately after that. And there was this camaraderie of all of us standing together as one, uh, fighting against a, a common enemy. Um, it didn't matter after 9-11 if you were Republican or Democrat, um, you know, or, or independent or whoever. It just mattered that you were an American because you were proud of this country and you were outraged what happened to this country. And there was this, this great unifying force of camaraderie, of helping each other, and neighbor helping each other, and people helping each other, whether they were you know, in the in the Twin Towers or whether they were helping people at the Pentagon, wherever it was, or Shanksville. And and I don't see us as such a – do you feel that it is – it's by race or do you feel it's by party? What do you feel, Wilfred? No, I feel it's like this. They're trying to destroy America 
And like like I told you once before, Khrushchev said, we'll destroy America by like a rotten apple from the inside out. And that's why they teach in this, uh, you know, when I was a kid, it was sticks and stones are breaking my bones, but names and names are never hurt me. Now they teach it the opposite. You know, when they want you to play sports games with no score, all these things are to devaluate Americans from anything. And then they come up with, once they put that PC in and use that as race stuff, they push that uh, hate crime bill which is totally unconstitutional. It's just a backdoor way of keeping you, you know, like they're making a domestic terrorism is the worst, right? Well, with the hate crime, they can manipulate that eventually, you know, to take out who they don't want. Yeah, well, you have to be careful. And, and Wilfred, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you have to, there are obviously hate crimes out there when there have been these horrible attacks on Asians or Jewish uh, individuals. And so those cases are, you know, when they're clear hate crimes, that's a different case. Um, I think about the guy even in Buffalo, that was obviously a hate crime because he was clearly going after African-Americans and it was deplorable. But yet you're right about some of the CRT and some of these other things and labeling parents as domestic terrorists. Uh, that is a whole other matter. And you're right. It is just I think some of it is so over the top by this Department of Justice. And you're right. You've got to keep it in check. Thank you very much, Wilfred. Great to talk to you. Let's go to Susan, line seven. Susan, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Well, not only are you great, but your callers. Robert, really, I think he just hit it out of the park. He was great. I loved it, too. I loved it, too, Susan. Yeah, just the tone and, you know, not we have nothing to be embarrassed about. We have proud of our of our heritage and what we stand for. We need to turn that um, uh, app, whatever, this malaise that people are feeling and turn it into action and and speaking just to neighbors and the effect that we can have by uniting the people who want to save America. And it can really happen at the grassroots level. We don't even need politicians to do it. I can't tell you if I'm at the grocery store, I've been at the gas station, I, I take conversations with people, I tell them about Andrew Giuliani and, you know, why we need a Republican governor, now Lee Zeldin, and, you know, it's amazing. And then they'll tell 10 people. So we, are, we have to empower ourselves. If it's to be, it's up to me. And then we will back the best that we have available. But... We, we cannot be apathetic or in any way. We didn't do anything to feel bad. We have to do, overcome the forces that are trying to destroy us. Bravo. By the way, Susan, you're absolutely right. We have to be emboldened to make a difference and not be apathetic, especially right now, because it is in our power to be able to turn it around. And just as you said, Election Day is not that far away. It's in November And everybody needs to get together and vote for the people that can make a difference and turn this country around. And it's very doable, but you got to have the right people there and the right leadership and keep that great can-do American spirit. Susan, thank you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. I love hearing from all of you. Susan, Wilfred, Robert, everybody, you're great. 1-800-848-9222. 
1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And my head is spinning when I think about a lot of the problems that are in America. And I'm definitely going to be thinking about it when I go to the voting booth in November. Because I look at the border, we're going to talk about that in the next hour. We're also going to talk about crime because, my goodness, it's skyrocketing. What about all these efforts to defund the police? As one of you guys was just saying about the uh, Department of Justice labeling parents as domestic terrorists, the politicization of the Department of Justice, and the fact that they haven't come down and condemned, by the way, the guy who tried to kill, remember, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh? The Department of Justice hasn't said anything about that, but yet they came out right away on the Roe v. Wade decision. I don't mind them coming out, but they need to be coming out against a Supreme Court justice who almost got assassinated and support him. And to be able to come out and say that justices must be protected, but they didn't do that. So, boy, is this Department of Justice political. And same thing with the president. president didn't come out either, you know, and yet he's basically slamming the Supreme Court over, quote, outrageous decisions. So it's like they are so politicized, and then they're not focused on gas. They're not focused on inflation. They don't care to go to the border. I mean, there are just so many issues right now. And so I think that's why this new poll is showing a lot of people are frustrated with this country and are concerned and are losing pride in this country. And that is sad. But I'm happy to hear that a lot of you have felt that it can be turned around by going to the voting booth in November because that is not that far away. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave, line four in Toronto. Dave, your thoughts. Well, America has lost its Leonard Biden. By the way, it's my honor to speak to you. But Americans should be proud of their country. Who do the countries of the world call when they're in trouble? Not Russia, not China but America. The world would be a much worse off place without America. Now, I the agree. thing I see about America, yeah. Uh, uh, if I thank the world, I thank God for America. Um, they're, we're, we're more family than neighbors. Uh, America's naval gazing to the point of uh, paralysis now, though they need to pay more attention to their enemies. But uh, America's a great country. There is no shame in being an American. Um, so happy birthday and God bless. Wow, beautiful to hear from you, Dave. Thank you so much. Dave from Toronto talking about how beautiful our country is um, of America that we love so much. Uh, And it's great to hear from someone outside of our country to hear how beautiful it is because I think about it every day. I'm proud to be an American. And just as Dave was saying, um, we really are still that beacon of hope. And as I mentioned to you, my father was a prisoner of war and he came to a riverbed. And he literally thought it was a mirage when he saw young American troops on the other side who told him he was free. He was a prisoner of war who was 90 pounds and six feet tall. And all he could say at that point, my father's Polish, and all he could say was thank you. And they kept saying, you're free, you're free, you're free. And my father just couldn't believe that he was saved by America. And that's why he came to this great country. And when he came through and he saw, you know, Ellis Island, he saw the Statue of Liberty, he cried, he kissed the ground, he kissed New York, uh, the ground in New York as soon as he landed, 
because he knew that he won the prize because he became an American. And, and I still think we're the greatest country. And certainly we've got a lot of issues now, thanks to President Biden and a number of others. But I still feel we are the most amazing, amazing country in the world. After the break, everybody, I'm going to continue with your calls and hear why you think America is still the greatest country. I hope you agree with me on that because I definitely do. But I do feel disenchanted with the leadership and the direction that this country's headed in. And also, Megan Rapinoe, who is getting the Medal of Freedom, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She is a soccer star, definitely an accomplished athlete, but she also was kneeling remember during the national anthem does she deserve the presidential medal of freedom we'll talk about that handling legal matters is stressful so let the law offices of frank bruno jr provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve the law offices of frank bruno jr has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years they focus on elder law and estate planning but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate the law offices of frank bruno call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com that's frankbrunolaw.com frank bruno He's your numero uno. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And those who are going to be receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest U.S. civilian honor, will be at the White House on July 7th, receiving it from President Biden. And there's a whole host of people that are going to be getting it this year. It includes Denzel Washington, uh, John McCain, uh, Simone Biles, remember the uh, gold medalist uh, gymnast who had obviously a, a number of mental health issues, and a whole bunch of other folks, different individuals from sort of all walks of life, And one of them is getting a lot of attention and a lot of controversy. And it is Megan Rapinoe, who is among the 17 set to receive it again in July. The 36-year-old soccer star who won the Olympic gold with the U.S. in 2012 is the first soccer player to receive the honor. And obviously she's an amazing athlete and has done amazing things in that regard. And yet, if you go back into her history, she was kneeling during the national anthem before many games when she was representing Team USA. Remember, a lot of people were outraged when she was taking a knee during the anthem. She said in many parts that she was doing it to show solidarity with San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick, remember, who was uh, Mr. Neal. And um, she was kneeling during the Star-Spangled Banner, playing ahead a number of different games. And again, while she was representing America, and a lot of people took big issue with that. Now, I've said this publicly, that I understand, listen, it's America, you can do what you want. But I do not like the idea of people kneeling during the national anthem. I think there's something sacred about our anthem, seeing the flag. I think it represents the sacrifice of so many people, men and women who died fighting for freedom for our country. 
And so I don't think it's a lot to tell people to stand up, put your hand on your heart. You don't have to kneel in protest to say it's a terrible country. And if it's such a terrible country, why are you playing for Team USA? So I want to ask you tonight, what do you make of the fact that she is getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom given to exemplary Americans? Is an exemplary American someone who kneels during the national anthem and doesn't want to brag about this country, says America has problems, that they're not proud of this country, that they have concerns about this country, uh, that they don't want to stand up during the anthem. Is that the kind of person who should be receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom? Take a listen. This is Megan Rapinoe uh, while she was doing some of the protests and kneeling during the anthem. I think that taking care of others Um, standing up for yourself and other people um, if they don't have the ability to do so is very uniquely American. I think everybody in America would would say that. And I think we have um, a a rich history and a pride in in saying that in those words and and oftentimes in doing that in the world. Um, I don't think anybody can deny the horrors of racism and Jim Crow and mass incarceration and, you know, what's happening on the southern border and gay rights and, you know, women's rights. It's like I I don't quite understand, you know, sort of where the miss is because I think a lot of the people that disagree with me would benefit greatly from a world that is better for everyone. So is kneeling during the American anthem the way to do it? especially when you are representing Team USA, I think it's outrageous. I really do. If you are representing Team USA, you need to stand during the American anthem. I've always had a huge problem like that. Then if you don't want to, if you don't want to stand during the anthem, then don't play for Team USA. Play for Team Zimbabwe or play for somewhere else. Don't play for Team USA. Wherever you're going to stand for the anthem, that's where you need to play because you need to be proud of that country. And for her now to be getting the Medal of Freedom, representing the values of America and sort of the best of America, I don't know. I understand why there's a lot of controversy out there. Here's a little more of Megan Rapinoe trying to explain why she was kneeling and trying to say, oh, it's not disrespecting the flag. It's voicing concern for this country. Does this make any sense to you? I do not, no. Um I think that protest is not comfortable ever. Um, it's it's going to make people uncomfortable. It's it's going to um, you know force people to look inwards and um, question you know everything they thought that they knew. Um, it's not convenient. It's it doesn't feel good really for anyone. Um, even in those moments kneeling, um, those were you know some of the most crazy personal moments that that I've ever had. Um, but that's what it takes. Progress is hard. Progress is hard. And is this the kind of person who should be getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom? By the way, when she was invited to the White House, the team was invited to the White House um, during the World Cup. Um, Rapinoe famously sparked a lot of ire, um, you know, especially of President then Donald Trump when she said in an expletive-laced remark that she would not be visiting the White House if Americans won. So because she didn't like President Trump, she wasn't going to go to the White House then. So that's also, I think, unseemly. I think no matter who the president is, if you're invited to the White House, you should appreciate and respect it.
So then here it is three years to the day after the U.S. won the World Cup. Rapinoe is more than happy to attend now the ceremony overseen by Democratic President Joe Biden. And in fact, she told reporters today, you guys, I'm going to the Blanken White House. Uh, is that the kind of person, oh, this one's okay? So it's not about representing the country. It's about who's in power and who falls in line with her political views. And someone kneeling during the anthem, should they be getting the highest civilian honor that this country has? I'm not sure. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete on line eight. Pete, your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. You know, this country is called the United States of America. And right now, we aren't united. It's a horror. I mean, we got to get together. This is going too far. You know, we got to start doing a little love and bring God into the picture because nobody's fearing God. Everybody's going out doing things, robbing people. My neighborhood where I live, it's a very poor neighborhood. You know, people should go out and, you know, you buy some fruit, hand a banana, hand an apple, hand a pear to somebody, make their day, make them smile a little. Some of them right now are going through a tough time. Fortunately, I'm doing okay. And it's not you know what, what you Pete? do. Pete, you're right. I love your message, by the way, because you're right. We need to support each other and care about each other and not be so divisive. And that's why I think, what do you think of the kneeling, Pete? I have a real, I've always had a really hard time. I've been very, you know, vocal with you guys about it. I do not like when someone kneels during the anthem. I don't think there's any appropriateness. I think it's disrespectful to the country, to the flag, to veterans, to everybody who has fought and died for this country breaks my heart if I see a veteran that's been maimed or lost a leg or something, looking at people kneeling while the flag's up and where they made this sacrifice, you know, that their life has changed so drastically where they have to depend on people. That's why things like uh, the Silver Foundation and Wounded Warriors is so great. And I urge everybody that listens to your radio show to get out and support these people because they are doing good work. They are. They Bravo to you, my friend. Have a good 4th of July. Thanks so much, Pete. Let's go to Herman on line four. Herman, your thoughts about uh, Megan Rapinoe and the kneeling. Hi. My inconvenience is that these people come in, they became famous. They uh, use everything in this system. They use the country, right? The moment that they get paid, not a problem, you know, but they are against everything that is sacred in this country. America, love it or leave it. And I mean it because these people have don't know what socialism or whatever they wanted to call it, any dictatorship it is. I come from a country that was destroyed by socialists, and it took them 40 years to come back. And now they start appreciating the new generation. But you know what? With all this woke stuff, with uh, nailing, I mean, you're nailing, but at the same time, you're begging to get paid in what? In U.S. dollars, right? You don't get paid in rubles or whatever else, right? So, Bravo. Like I said, America, love it or leave it. Because I come from a place where you have to work for everything that you can get. And you know what? Nothing is for free over there. 
Oh, Where did you, you come this, from? You want that? You know what? It's this much. Over here, they just extend the hand, and immediately there is a lot of services. There's a lot of uh, charitable organization. There is a lot of people, uh, very rich, who willingly donate, okay, time and money. So all of these people who don't have uh, any morals, you know, should be learn the lessons, the history lessons, and not... I agree. Hey, Herman, hey, Herman, where are you from? Where Where did you come from? I am from El Salvador. I came here 40 years ago when I was a kid. But I spent two years in the mountains of my country doing, you know, whatever. Anyway, but I... <laughs> well, bravo. I Listen, I just want to say to you, Herman, thank you, because you're right. Um, and often it's people who have come from countries like you did. My father came from Poland, which was taken over by, of course, by first the Nazis and then, of course, the communists. And so, you know, they didn't have freedom. So America represented everything to my father, you know, opportunity, the American dream, beacon of hope, and the countries like, you know, like El Salvador, too. When you leave a country like that, you see how great this country is. And when I see some of these very wealthy athletes like you talk about, I think they're spoiled brats. You know, I think of Colin Kaepernick and those people who make a lot of money, and yet America's not good to him. Are you kidding me? You know, where else would you get that paid, that kind of money, have that kind of opportunity, be able to even protest in any shape or form? Uh, I agree with you. Um, Herman, thank you. Great call. Um, Let's go to Harriet on line eight. Harriet, your thoughts about all this? Well, about the standing up? Yeah, about the standing up and the fact that Megan Rapinoe was kneeling. She should stand up for the national anthem. We only have one national anthem. You should always stand up for the national anthem. In 19, I was telling the other gentleman that in about 1956, I went to the Queens Theater in Queens with my sister, and the national anthem came on, and nobody stood up. My sister stood up. And then I pulled her, tried to pull her down because nobody stood up. But then everyone stood up for the national anthem because oh. all you needed was one person to set the example. And that was my sister, and she's still doing it today. Oh, I love that. Harriet, you know what? That's great. And, and you bring up a great point that um, it's role models because, you know, she emboldened everybody else to, to obviously stand up, and that's great. And I love your sister, and what a great patriotic family you have. And if only athletes, you know, and a lot of them do stand and are very proud, of course, of the anthem. But if some of these who don't, like this Megan Rapinoe and Colin Kaepernick, um, they're role models to a lot of kids, you know, and I think they have a responsibility. And I think if you're playing, again, making money, um, as our last caller, Herman, so eloquently said, they're not getting paid in rubles. They're getting paid in American dollars, and if they want to be paid in American dollars representing America uh, on different teams, well, guess what? Then you should be proud when that anthem comes up and be like your sister. Use your sister as a great role model for them. And young kids are looking at them, and that's why I get concerned because I don't like them doing it, first off. I think it's rude. I think it's spoiled after you get all the riches and all the opportunities that this country provides. But in addition to that, young kids are looking at that who idolize these folks because they're great players, you know, and especially Megan Rapinoe. uh, You know, she's a great player. I mean, she's an Olympian, has done great work. And so young women look at her, and if they think, oh, gosh, well, she's not standing up, she's kneeling, 
you know, what message does that send to young girls and young guys who are looking at her and look up to her? I, I think it is so important. And, and I say bravo, bravo, bravo to your sister, Harriet. Love it so much. Let's go to Stan on line three. Stan, your thoughts about this. What do you think, my friend? You know, patriotism and being a citizen comes in many, many ways. You don't have to have a flagpole on your lawn to be a patriot. You don't have to have a lapel pin that has a flag on it to love this country. You Absolutely. don't have to wear a shirt and have an American flag on it. You can do it and so forth. But that doesn't make you a patriot. Okay? What makes you a patriot is loving this country, as I think most of this woman does in her way. I'm not happy that she did what she did, but she had, that's what she thought and so forth. That she could do it in this country makes this country great. That she did say what she said makes this country great. Okay? July 4th is about 23 men who sat in a room and said, you know, we see this country this way. But if they saw it today, they'd throw up. They would throw up. You know, it's, it's a great nation. But and why do you think that? Why do you think they? By the way, Stan, oh, I'm happy to, okay, before before we go further, here. Stan. I want to say because you know you and I get a chance to talk a lot, and I always love your thoughts, Stan. And I I appreciate the fact that you recognize you don't like the kneeling because I don't like it. There's something I I just I love this country, and I agree with you. You can represent it however you want, and that is the beauty of America. But I don't like that she does it that way. And why do you think? Uh, our founding fathers would be nodding and shaking their heads today. First of all, it's not the end of the world that she did that. I mean, I, you know, it's not as if she she told the president uh, to go f himself or she this and that. I mean, oh, she basically did. Her, by the way, by the way, she basically did say that to the prior president. Yeah, she basically you know did. Why, what is she getting an award for? I don't know. What is she getting an award for? It's, well, it's the Medal of Freedom. It's yeah, subjective. For it's for, for people what? who represent. Usually it goes to people who are exemplary Americans who represent the best of this country, what this country stands for, okay. what we right. believe in. Well, he's so, giving it to her. Fine. I, I see no problem with that. Here's my problem. The founding fathers. So, wait, so let me ask you, let me ask you, Stan, typically during the national, during there, they sometimes play patriotic songs, they sometimes do the anthem, will she kneel at the White House when she gets it? (laughs) I don't know, I'm not, I I guess they'll broadcast it, you'll know right away, right? We will, right. Well, let's talk about, you know, July 4th, and you've had these people call up, most of the people that call up here, you know, are citizens, they claim to be patriots, and they are, but, you know, Patriots come in many ways. A lot of them wrap themselves in the American flag and crap on it when it suits them. So let's let's be honest here. I'm not, to be honest with you, this July 4th, I'm, I'm sad. I'm not really happy as much as I should be. And obviously, you know what I'm sad about, that for the first time in our country, our institutions are being challenged like never before. Because of Joe Biden. Oh, I'm January 6th. Donald Trump. You know where I'm going, and I know where you're going. The point I'm trying to make is that July 4th is about independence. It's about starting a new country. And these men, if they saw the way things are happening today, I have no doubt they'd get up from their graves and say, what the hell are you people doing? What's going on here? Now, they may say it both ways, a conservative or a liberal way, but they definitely would say, folks, I don't think you're handling it very well. Well, and Stan, listen, thank you very much for the call. And I agree that they would be frustrated. I, of course, agree 
that they would be looking and saying, how is the DOJ so politicized? How is how are they actually going after a president with a one-sided, basically, quote, third impeachment proceeding, so it seems, with a hearing where the person isn't able to challenge themselves? That's not America. That is a one-sided sham show, and I think a lot of our founders would be disappointed in that aspect. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What do you make of Megan Rapinoe, who has knelt during the anthem, is now getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I have a problem with it. I don't like it, and I just think it's disrespectful, and I'm not sure if this is the person who should be getting America's highest civilian honor. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we have our Support Our Heroes segment where we honor our great men and women in the military. And, of course, we're talking about the fact that Megan Rapinoe, the soccer star, who was kneeling quite a bit during the anthem when she was representing Team USA, is now getting the highest civilian honor from President Biden, and it's going to happen next week. Does she deserve that? I have a lot of issues. I I hate the kneeling. I think it's shameful. Uh, Let's go to Barbara, line three. Barbara, your thoughts about uh, Megan Rapinoe. Yes, when I see her getting this award, it makes me sick to my stomach. There are American patriots who should be receiving those awards. She's only receiving it because her narrative fits the narrative of this administration. And she has what she has. Because people like your father and my father sacrificed everything and, and, and were in danger of losing everything for liberty. But she achieved it too easily. And our fathers would agree with Thomas Paine, who said it's dearness only that gives everything its value. What we obtain too easily, we value too lightly. Very powerful, Barbara. Thank you. And we're going to continue everybody's calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a very powerful story coming from Oklahoma. And I love this because an Oklahoman who fought off heavy enemy fire to save fellow Army Soldiers after an ambush in 1968 in Vietnam will receive the Medal of Honor, the nation's highest military award. Dwight W. Birdwell, who is a Cherokee Nation citizen, and I love this, he also served on the Cherokee Nation Supreme Court. He now lives in Norman, and he practices law in Oklahoma City, and he was among the four recipients that were announced all were in the Army and earned the award for gallantry in Vietnam. Birdwell was a Specialist 5, serving with Troop C, 3rd Squadron, 4th Cavalry, 25th Infantry Division on January 31, 1968, when enemy troops initiated a massive assault on an airbase near Saigon. Birdwell recalled later that he and members of his cavalry unit were the first to respond to the assault and that he thought that they would be fighting less experienced soldiers. The unit's tanks ran into fire, 
from, get this, 700 enemy troops on one side of the road and 300 on the other side. The troops he commander, several vehicles ahead, was seriously wounded, and the entire crew was killed at that point. So under heavy enemy small arms fire, Specialist 5 Birdwell moved the tank commander to safety and fired the tank's weapons at the massive enemy force. Afterwards, he dismounted and he continued fighting until receiving enemy fire to his face and torso. He refused evacuation, and then he led a small group of defenders to disrupt the massive enemy assault until reinforcements finally arrived. He then aided and evacuated the wounded until he was ordered to seek attention for his own wounds. Amazing, amazing story, and how beautiful that he will be receiving the nation's highest honor, the Medal of Honor. It's going to be presented on July 5th, and certainly a great, great American. Well, we are talking about Megan Rapinoe. We were talking about her kneeling, and now she's getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is for a civilian. Of course, he's getting the Medal of Honor for his military service, as we just talked about in our Support Our Heroes segment. But Megan Rapinoe is getting the Medal of Freedom, the civilian one. And so many people right now are a bit disenchanted with the situation in America. We were talking about the polls that show a lot of people are very disenchanted at the direction of this country. And many of it also has to deal with so many of the double standards, including at our southern border. And boy, are there issues at our southern border so far in the last year or so, 2.3 million plus have crossed the border, our southern border, you know, and as this comes at a time where Americans have been cooped up because of COVID, uh, had vaccination restrictions, still a lot of people in the National Guard may get kicked out because they haven't been vaccinated. And yet, if you come through our southern border, it's like, come on in, it's wide open. And those double standards are really getting people so frustrated and so disenchanted. And then this week, uh, there was a lot of attention to what's happening at our southern border. And it's difficult, not just for Americans, but obviously it is gravely serious for those who are trying to cross the border in extreme heat now under difficult circumstances as they you know, take the long journey to America, sleeping under bridges, often no food, no water. And we saw just catastrophically what happened this week when they found that truck outside of San Antonio, Texas. It is so abominable that a number of drug smugglers were driving that bus, they uh, truck, they left that truck, that semi-tractor trailer, basically at the side of the road in sweltering heat, no food, no air conditioning, and now 54 migrants have died. And many people from Texas and elsewhere are saying this is because of President Biden's wide-open policies that so many people are coming to America any way they can because they see an opportunity to do it now before that border maybe gets closed if a Republican takes office or even if Republicans can take the House and try to do some blocks on the president's policies because right now it has been a free-for-all. And how horrible what happened again with this Texas truck because the audio came out today. It was so sad to hear this. This is the police recordings of police officers when they stumbled upon that truck. And can you imagine just that horrific discovery to see so many migrants who were dead in the back of the truck? 
Here is part of the police recordings when they came upon that horrible scene. All we have right now is Hispanic male, maybe wearing a brown shirt. Like uh, we were going south off in that location, either along the railroad tracks or towards the uh, mechanic shop right there nearby on the Laredo Highway. I have so many bodies here. Uh, I have so many bodies here. And here's a little bit more of the police recording. We've got an 18-wheeler. Uh, looks to be about 60 people that are inside. Looks like uh, quite a few of them are already deceased. Uh, none of them are able to talk as of yet, but we do have a lot of uh, snorry respiration. The manpower up at the trailer. Yeah, bring any man sacks or backboards you have on board and make it to the 18-wheeler. We're trying to attempt to take ones that are breathing off of the truck right now. We've got a uh, viable victim on the grass. Oh, it's so heartbreaking to hear. So, so heartbreaking. And again, now the number is 54 people died. Uh, more than 500 have died this year, migrants crossing the border. And that uh, number is up exponentially. So how is this, quote, a humane process? The Biden administration claims, well, the reason we have the border open and doing all these certain things, even though they say it's closed, uh, but the reason that they have the processing they do is because it's more humane. It's what America represents. Is this how we want to be handling things? Don't we want to be vetting people as they're coming and also making sure that people come appropriately and that they don't think it is a free-for-all to come across the border and that, you know, is making the money, and I'm sure the people who made the money even on that terrible trip where all these migrants died, it's the cartels. They are bringing in big bucks because cartels are making more money than ever before. And how is it? representing America as we're talking about the values of America for an American president to want the border to be open and unsecure because that's clearly what it is even though they won't say it it clearly is I mean it's unbelievable that they don't check for criminal records they don't check for vaccines it's like come on in and it's inspiring people to do whatever they can to come across this border and in addition to that Remember, in the courts, they're fighting this Title 42. They want Title 42, which was the health restriction put on by President Trump to block people from coming across the border. They want it to be lifted. Wouldn't you want to make it more difficult and people vetted for security reasons right now? But they don't seem to care about that. And that's why it is stunning that an American president has not made protecting our country a priority. How can you say you're protecting America if you're keeping our southern border so wide open and not enough staff there, the guys who are protecting the guys and the gals on the border patrol feel like they're basically babysitters just involved in processing. They're so overwhelmed with the amount of migrants that are coming through at a record pace that they can't spend their time basically keeping an eye on security. They are so focused on processing and putting them through these centers and making sure that they get the help they need, and then they're dealing with the next one, and they're dealing with the next one because the numbers are just so voluminous that they, quote, feel like they are more babysitters at these detention facilities that are just holding centers. They're not even detention. They're basically processing and letting them out and saying, hey, come back in a few years. Do you think any of them actually come back? Are you kidding me? And then this week, the Supreme Court made a decision that is going to make it easier for the Biden administration to believe it or not, have more people come through our southern border. The Supreme Court made the decision that the Remain in Mexico policy, which was a Trump-era policy, basically saying that those who are seeking asylum 
have to have their asylum process handled in Mexico. They have to be cleared. They have to be approved. And once they're cleared and approved, then once they're vetted, they can come to America. Boy, does that make a lot of sense. Well, the Biden administration fought that policy and said, oh, it's not a humane policy, that we don't want it, and we want to have it lifted. And the Supreme Court decided this week, not on the merits of the case, what they decided was that an executive, meaning the executive office, the three branches of government, of course, at the executive department, meaning the White House, that the executive branch has the authority to make this decision and that they should be able to have it because they want to be able to negotiate with foreign governments. So in other words, like a diplomatic tool with Mexico. When they're talking to Mexico, that they have to be able to say, hey, we'll take this off the table, or you need to do it this way, and they need to use it for diplomacy reasons. Not the merits of the case, but they said that the power should be with the executive branch because this is important for dealing with other foreign powers. So you know that now that they are allowed to lift it, that the administration, that the Biden administration can't wait to lift it, anything to have more people come in, more people who won't be vetted in any shape or form. And that, to me, is an enormous, enormous concern. And this is what Arizona's Attorney General Mark Burnovich had to say about this Supreme Court decision. He said that that is going to make the border so much more worse and so much more dangerous for American citizens. Obviously, it was a very disappointing decision. You know, we were part of the coalition that was uh, trying to force the Biden administration to do whatever it can to secure our southern border. We've talked about the catastrophe and the chaos that's happening. And the Remain in Mexico policy was just one of the various rules and procedures the Biden administration has revoked, which has led to the crisis and the catastrophe. So it's very disappointing. And, you know, frankly, I am a bit worried that, especially with Justice Roberts, that sometimes... They're so worried about political pressure and the blowback that they've seen in some of these other cases that in an effort to look non-political, they're making decisions that I think that are, you know, contrary to uh, the law. Yeah, you bet. And this is how Texas Congressman Chip Roy describes it, because he says right now this is not a good situation for security because the drug dealers rule the roost. We allow the, cop, the cartels to have control of the border. Fentanyl pour in. They get bum-rushed, and then they can't actually run the scanners. They can't do all the work. They can't process this to make good determinations and stop it before it happens. I do not understand how they can view this as compassionate to allow open borders, to allow people to die. Uh, it's just the, the wrong thing for our country to do. Yeah, and by the way, uh, they announced this week that in Colorado, I couldn't believe this, this is the biggest fentanyl bust on a U.S. highway in history, that they caught smugglers with more than 100 pounds of fentanyl, even like a little speck of it is deadly, and it's enough to kill, get this, 25 million people. The amount that they found by these smugglers alone, over 100 pounds of very deadly toxic fentanyl, apprehended and that's what happens when you have an open border and we have seen fentanyl deaths in america skyrocketing it's a leading cause of death uh, between 18 to 45 year olds in america and it is so deadly so toxic and it's coming through the southern border uh let's go to your calls everybody let's go to john in the bronx on line six go ahead john your thoughts hi rita thanks for taking my call I'm calling to say that 
I am so sick of it being referred to as the U.S. southern border. It is also the Mexican northern border. Every border has two sides to it. No, great point, great point. If this was the U.S. northern border and the Canadian southern border, we would have to answer for it. We so what's your what's your point, John? What's your point? The point is that the the administration, the White House press secretary, gets up and lies and says the border is closed. It's not closed, and no other nation on earth would put up with that. So why do you think he's doing it, John? Because I agree with you. To me, to me, it's a dereliction of duty. The president has a duty to protect this country. I really think, and less than a year ago, I thought it was like a conspiracy theory. I think he's doing it intentionally. You know what? I sadly agree with you, John, because you know why? Because why, in God's name, would you do it any for any other reason? Because it's so apparent and it's so obvious that it is a major security issue, that it's a major security threat. Uh, there are people who are saying, hey, why is he not coming down to the border? And he still doesn't come. There are people who talk about, obviously, all the time, these skyrocketing numbers, these historic numbers of people who are coming through the border. He sees the numbers. He knows it. He just doesn't want to talk about them, you know, because he knows it is bad for his policy. And whatever his policy is, you know, many people believe uh, it is his policy to bring in these individuals and eventually make them citizens. And then guess what? Maybe allow them to vote in elections. I mean, to me, there's no other reason why you would allow all these people, especially not vet them, not check them. And at a time where they're sending them in the middle of the night on these flights into Westchester County Airport and Nashville and, you know, Los Angeles and Newark, all over the country, not telling Americans about it. I mean, there, there's just, there's something that is so fishy and so, to me, un-American about this. And to know that this is the American president who is doing this is absolutely astounding. John, thanks so much. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls on this, everybody. Why do you think President Biden is doing this? And how concerned are you that now this Remain in Mexico policy is about to change and it's going to get even worse at the border? This, to me, is a huge issue. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to November at the voting booth, you're going to go in that voting booth and go, do we want an American you know, party that is supporting this president that wants a free-for-all on our U.S. southern border that isn't checking, that's treating Americans as second-class citizens, yet illegal immigrants, you know, come on in, the big neon sign is there. That does not make any sense. And to me, there has to be some bizarre logic, as I just described, which to me seems unfathomable for an American president to have, but I think this president has it because I wonder why else he is doing it. There's no other explanation because it's so obvious that this is such an atrocious issue. And it also is such a horrible issue with our border. Our border is wide open. It is dangerous. And this American president does not care. 1-800-848-9222. 
1-800-848. It's the Rita Cosby Show. At 17, we fell in love. High school sweethearts. Love was so brand new. And you were listening to the Rita Cosby Show. I love this song. We haven't heard this one in a long time. I think we're going to play a little bit more. This is nice. We're heading into a holiday weekend, even though it doesn't feel like a holiday at the U.S. border. Here it is. Here's her. Here's the chorus. Put it up is. There you go. And it is sweltering heat, that's for sure. It's too hot on the U.S. southern border, and things are going to get, sadly, a lot worse. And that is because the Biden administration now got the green light from the U.S. Supreme Court that said the Remain in Mexico policy, guess what, that can be lifted. And this is what Congressman Chip Roy, Republican of Texas, had to say because he says, listen, the president's first duty is to protect the homeland and they're not doing it. The law of the United States is that we ought to secure the border. We have to have operational control of the border. And you must detain those individuals who are being adjudicated for, say, an asylum claim. That is not happening. That's what the American people need to understand. The administration is refusing to do that. And that is at the heart of the dissent's position. Unfortunately, the majority, majority pursued another sort of technical ruling. The same chief justice that made a tax out of thin air for Obamacare says, oh, we're going to read this really technically to say that the administration can continue to avoid their actual statutory responsibility to secure the border. That's what happened today. How sad. And the administration does not want to defend the border. Let's go to Jay in South Carolina on line three. Go ahead, Jay. Hello, Rita. Hey, Jay, what do you think about the fact our border is wide open? And sadly, it sounds like it's going to get a lot worse. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of room in this country, but it's all out in the woods out there. <laughs> it sure is. Um, it sure is. But, and you know what? I, you know what I feel bad, Jay? If you're a rancher down really, at that border, really that's a mess. I, re- I really think it's horrible. And this goes out to everybody that's ever come into this country. And um, uh, welcome you all here. But uh, if you break the laws, um, you should be held accountable. One thousand percent. Jay, thank you. You know, Jay, I one thousand percent agree with you. And, And they're not doing that at the border. And that is a huge, huge issue. Uh, let's go to Raj in Massachusetts. Line four. Go ahead, Raj. Yeah, thank you. This looks to me. Uh, I try not to be too hyperbolic here, but it looks to me like the liberal version of an insurrection that fulfills the vision of Barack Obama about uh, redistribution of wealth, transforming this country, equity and all that, because the $1.9 trillion human infrastructure uh, bill has is, been is paying for, these, for, for their room and board with EBT cards for almost a year now, and it's going to be uh, 250,000 more uh, units a month of, of human infrastructure coming across that border. And, um, uh, uh, you know, um, and, and our value, our wealth goes down, gets transferred to them. And it also thumbs their nose at everything we learned from 
great points, Raj. Thank you. Let me go real quick to Russell. Real quick, Russell, line five. Go ahead. Hey, hey Rita, wrapping on Kaepernick seemed to me kneeling and praying for our country during a period of racial strife. I think people were angry because they felt like they were saying, I'm praying for you or bless your heart. Hey, are you, do you agree? Should Rapino take a knee uh, in front of uh, Biden because of what's going on with Roe v. Wade? Do you think that would be good? We can agree on that, right? Ah, very interesting. Good points. Touche, Russell. 